Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, and actionable steps to help you jumpstart joy in the world, in your life, and in other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 186. This week on the show, I'm really excited to be sharing an interview with my virtual assistant, the one and only Mallory Weisong. We've been working together for about a year and I'm super excited to be sharing some of the behind the scenes of how we work together with you all this week. What you'll get to hear about is how we operate from a place of well-planned but loosely held how we hold a vision for the business that we have and our independent businesses that is very high vibe and exciting and full of joy and lightness and how we also have been inspired over the last few years by Elizabeth Gilbert and Pema Chodron (laughs) on parallel paths and also about how you can set values and define your core desired feelings and work those into your business. It's a really fun conversation and Mallory and I get along so well. You'll get to hear a lot of laughter and business strategy all intermingled. If you're brand new here, I am so excited that you are tuning in this week. It's a great interview and a a really fun place to start with Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm Paula and I'm the host and the show is in its fourth season. We're looking at the inspiration, intention, and action that leads to a joyful life. If you want to find out more about the show or about myself, you can find it over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com and I do show notes for absolutely every episode. So you can find those for this one if you want to get links to the books that we talk about or some of the other past episodes that we reference. And that's at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Mallory, which is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. And I have so many exciting things going on right now, especially around podcasting and the podcasting class that I run each year. So this week on May 16th, 2019, it's Thursday at noon Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to be running a webinar and you guys can sign up. It's free. I'm going to be talking about an introduction to podcasting. So we'll go over some of the basics, why it's a great thing to start if you have a service-based business or if you want to start one as a hobby. And I'll go over some of the basics of hardware and software. And if we have time, we'll close out with a really fun brainstorming and mind mapping exercise, which I just love to lead. If you want to RSVP for that, it will be on Facebook. So go to Facebook and look for Jumpstart Your Joy. And I have an event set up there for you. RSVP there, and it will get you guys the links to join us. Also, in the first week of June, I'm going to be doing a plan your podcast challenge, and that is free as well. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, it's a great way to start to get your mind around what you want your show to be about. It's a lot of fun. It's not pre-recorded, which I, I know some of these kind of challenge classes are. So hopefully you'll join me for that. If you want to get on the list for it, just go to jumpstartyourjoy.com and click on the start a podcast link. Then you'll get on the list for when it goes up. And that's the free challenge class. And then Jumpstart Your Podcast, the class, will also be kicking off later in June. And I'm really excited about that. More details to come on that one as well. So without much further ado, let's get on to this really fun interview with Mallory. Welcome to the show this week, you guys. I am so excited to have my VA and dear friend and total powerhouse, Mallory Wysong, is on the show. Welcome, Mallory. 
Thank you, Paula. I'm so, so excited to be talking to you today. I know. I'm doing a happy dance in my seat. Me too. I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, so let's just start it off with the first question. Tell us what you loved most as a child or in school. What were your earliest sparks of joy? Uh, Without a doubt, reading was my Mm. earliest spark of joy. Uh, My parents read to me every night when I was a child. And I started reading at a very young age because of that. And I just loved the, you know, just leaving the world around me mm-hmm. and venturing into a new world, a new experience um, through words. That was my, my favorite thing. I was reader of the year in fourth grade. And I'm so proud of that still to this day. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> it is. Reader of the year. Like, yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Um what were some of your favorite books as a kid? Oh, I loved all kinds of books, but my favorites were always um, like historical fiction. So mm. there was um, a story about the dollhouse in the attic and this girl time travels through a dollhouse. Yes, um, I remember to that do with magic. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of stuff. And then just anything kind of realistic, too. There was a book called Stepping on the Cracks, um, mm. which is about World War Two. Um, from an American perspective and and kids it's like children uh, kind of their awareness of World War II um, yeah. which that one was great too so yeah just all those wow. kinds of books were always my favorite real journeys <laughs> yes yep. um, well and I I know I announced you as my virtual assistant but would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do now and and um, how you present that yeah, absolutely. So I am a virtual assistant. That is what I my claim to fame is. Um, and that has even been a journey and is still a continuing to unfold um, thing in my life. But basically, I worked as an admin for over 10 years in the financial industry. And I just did not like the environment and the people that I had to work around and the work that I was doing wasn't meaningful. Um, and so I just decided I can do this on my own. I can find my own clients and um, take the skills that I know I'm good at, the things that I'm good at, supporting people, um, taking care of details, but I can do it for people that I actually enjoy working for and want to do it for. And that, it basically magically unfolded that way. I put the intention out and started taking some action by pitching people. And here I am a year later started my business in February of 2018. And here we are working with you. I've been through very many iterations. And right now it's it's you and me and we're a team and I really like where it's going. I like where it's going too. And I think the really interesting thing there is that, I mean, we both have that kind of path where we're kind of trying on things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of see us both in this space where we are kind of simultaneously saying yes to things that light us up. And it's amazing because it, it's a match as far as the things that we love. And it's also interesting to see that I think we have separate passions that we bring. Um, I don't know that they're like kind of like complementary things to the party <laughs> when we work yes. together. Yes. <laughs> we can call it a party. And it is a party. It is a party when we work together. <laughs> totally is a party. Um oh. 
And we have a lot of things in common, folks. So that's like, yeah, we're probably holding back on nerding out big time right here. But, <laughs> but um, yes, we have a lot in common and we continue to discover that we have more in common the more we uh, work together. And like you said, say yes to these things that are coming up. Yeah. And it's super interesting. I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about like, if cause a lot of people, even given the name of the show, Jumpstart Your Joy, they're in that space where they're like, oh, I wish I could find that. I wish I could find mm-hmm. that thing that lights me up because that sounds amazing. But I'll use my own example, but I'm stuck here as a project manager and not so happy in that world. So how do I go from this place to what you two lovely women are talking about right now? Do you have any mm-hmm. feedback or suggestions on that? Absolutely. And it's going to be one of those kind of life coachy things. But it's it. a lot about taking <laughs> taking responsibility for mm-hmm. your life. In my corporate world, I was very, very unhappy. And I kept giving my power to those people I perceived as having power over me, basically. So bosses and you know the corporate environment. And it wasn't until I realized that I don't have to do it that way um, that I was open to kind of explore my own path. So I'm going to quote Liz Gilbert here, follow your curiosity. Um, and if you keep, you know, that quote, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Mm. That was kind of my take on it. I kept changing the scenery, but I was still working as an admin in the same industry. So it was okay. I went from this company to this company, but same situation. And it wasn't until I decided to break out of that and realize, oh, I don't even have to do a nine to five, which again, that's not for everyone, mm-hmm. but what has worked for me and for you as well. So yes, personal responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I think that's huge. And and this might sound a little corny to some people, but I think it's really easy to get lulled into, it's probably like a societal belief that mm-hmm. you have to do the nine to five, that you need mm-hmm. someone else to take care of you. I feel like it's a big capitalist, another coaching term, but capitalist story here. And there's another story in there about, and the responsible thing to do is to stay safe. Like you shouldn't, like you should not (laughs) stray too far from what you know, because then, you know, we could do fear chain, then bad things will happen. And I, I love what you've said about taking responsibility because I know that's what happened. There was a key moment for me where I was, I was, I'll admit, I was grumpy and bitter because I was, I really just want to do my own thing, but I don't know how I'm going to do this because I have to be the one that shoulders all the responsibility for the family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I had to change my thinking to, and some of this was through coaching and some of this was just through sheer determination, but <laughs> to this place where I could save up enough that I have my own severance package and then make the things happen so that I had clients lined up so that I could leave and do my own thing. And no one else had to be involved. (laughs) That was the freeing moment of, okay, I got this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of looking outside yourself for Mm -hmm. the support or um, some teachers I've had have have explained it as you're, you're basically preparing to fail by staying safe in those corporate jobs. You're assuming that that job's always going to be there, that that paycheck's always going to be there which really isn't the case. And once you realize that, you're free to experiment and take mm-hmm. the leap. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting because you could say it's a mindset thing. And, and I guess it is. But just mm-hmm. when you shift the perception of 
where is safe and why am I waiting for someone else to do this for me? I can do this for myself. Yeah. (laughs) I think we should talk a little bit because there is a lot of synchronicity slash serendipity about how we came to work together. There's magic involved. There's magic. I was just going to say, are we going to talk about magic? Let's talk about magic. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Um, Because, okay, full disclaimer to everyone else as well. We both went through the same life coaching program, which is CLCC. And you can find it at teamclcc.com. And then (laughs) afterwards, we found ourselves in the same Facebook group unrelated to that program. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I had been working with another VA that just, it did not work out. And I don't know, I saw Mallory pop up in that group, announced that she was a VA, and it was like (laughs) the heavens, no joke, the heavens parted. I was like, oh my gosh, this person, I felt a connection from back when we'd known each other from before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was elated and then very hopeful that we could be a match And so that's where the magic came in. And I would just never have expected going into that Facebook group that day that anyone was going to announce that they were a VA (laughs) or that like there'd be a match. And so it was. Yeah, let alone that it would be someone you know. I mean. (laughs) And the other really synchronous thing was I had just let the other VA know that this wasn't working and we weren't going to continue. And so it was literally the same day within a breath of that happening that, yeah, there was Mallory. Magic. I know, so magic. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that from my perspective, too, and how scared I was to own that in that Facebook group and say, all right, I'm going to put it out there that this Were is you? What, you know, I'm Yes, this I was. Amazing. I, knew, I knew that it was the thing that I was going to be doing and that I was doing, but I didn't feel like owning it. I was very, it was still new and I was very timid. And I also was worried, like, is this going to come across like I'm trying to sell myself as a VA for all these people? And so I definitely sat on that waiting to hit the send or post (laughs) button for a while. But again, that goes back to, I didn't know that you were out there waiting for me, just like I was out here waiting for you. It took both of us taking a step forward into the unknown or discomfort and that's when the the magic happened. It did. Well, and it was just unreal because then I think I emailed you, right? And said, hey. Yes. (laughs) I think you were probably like, what the hell? (laughs) No, I was like, what the hell? This is awesome. (laughs) Yes. And I agree. (laughs) I feel like there's a big lesson or several in there. You summarized it really nicely. It takes being vulnerable and putting yourself Mm. out there But it also, what, there's kind of, interestingly enough, this quote came, you know, is a Tiffany Hahn thing, which is tied in here, but it's the crazy faith. I know that this thing is going to work out. And it had to be that I had total faith that the thing that wasn't working was over. And I knew there was so much trust in myself that I had to put forth. It was totally uncomfortable to let someone go. And <laughs> and I wish yeah. that person so much love because I know mm-hmm. she's the right fit for other people. I was like, oh, this hurts my heart. And then having the crazy faith to just say, okay, I'm going to find the right person. I, it was like an immediate call and response by the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is like, yep, here, gotcha. Yep, oh, yep, faith, there you go. Here she is. 
Um, so yeah, I've, I've felt amazed and delighted by it ever since. I just, even knowing you were in that group, I was like, Oh, wow, this is cool. I like her. We, we got along back in the day. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just been a magical unfolding ever since. I'm it so really excited. has. I think the other interesting thing is that we both hold a vision for something in a working relationship that is, I want to, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's a higher vibe. Like it's, mm-hmm. we both have seen enough of things that don't work in our past and been in working relationships with bosses that mm-hmm. felt yucky. And I think we mm-hmm. both have brought that to this working relationship in a way that we're holding ourselves to a higher vision of what could be. And yes. I really love that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of us for that. And oh, yeah. Oh, I like, was just like feeling that when you were saying it yes that it's that high vibe that trust that it's the magic it's trusting that Mm -hmm. if you and I keep saying yes and following these doors that are opening without really understanding why that something magical and bigger than just you and me is is happening right and I love that we are able to kind of have that trust and follow each other and say okay yeah, she could totally take that. I trust her. And okay, we're just going to say yes to this next thing that seems to be unfolding for us. I love that what that looks like for us seems to be a lot more podcast work. I'll just put that out there. And being producers and like kind of having this boutique offering for people who have a podcast or want to start a podcast. And it's super interesting to me that like when we say yes to these things, it almost feels like that synchronicity starts to happen again. Like Mm -hmm. we're there and we're saying yes. And then we're making room for other people to say yes to the thing that we're holding a vision for. Exactly. And this is when it starts to feel easy. And yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I think we're cultivating together too, is just like, let it be easy. We, what we've seen that doesn't work is the striving and the workaholism and the, just putting blood, sweat into and tears into something that maybe you don't even really believe in or yeah. something that you think you know what the outcome is going to be, which has been my personal experience as well. I, I think it's going to look this way or it's supposed to look this way. Yeah. And I hold on so tightly to that vision that I miss the, this experience, the co-creation um, that we're doing. I think there's something so juicy about saying that yes to just staying present and staying in the co-creation piece. And, and maybe yes. this is totally obvious to everyone listening. There's something about that striving. Oh, I like what you just said so much because it's so easy to get 10 steps ahead of yourself and then wonder, okay, why don't I have the clients or why don't I have the basis to build what I know is possible? It's because you're, you have been, in fact, 10 steps ahead of yourself instead yeah. of just focusing in the minute of how can I make this second better? Yeah. Oh, that's... See, that's beautiful. It's another thing that you bring to this, just this presence, this like coming back to, okay, what's important right now? <laughs> I think we had our first conversation where we were, I think it was a few months ago, we were talking about, you know, where we're heading with this, because obviously we both understand something bigger is at work here. And I think we both kind of went super high level with it. Like, oh, it's going to look like this and we could do this, which was awesome. And then mm-hmm. we kind of came back to earth. To, okay, we can hold that vision as a possibility, but Mm -hmm. what are the steps we need to take right now to start moving in that direction? Yes. And I think that that's such a good 
point for so many people is I feel like you and I are a good match. And maybe this is a good, you know, underscore for other folks is it's really fun, at least for me, maybe some people don't like strategy, but I love that high level thinking of here's all the things as far as Myers-Briggs go, that's the last thing. It's the perceiving and judging. And I'm actually a J, which means I'm a judger. I can make decisions. But I think there's something really interesting there about finding your match in someone if you're working with them that can kind of help you balance out. Because I think, especially when you're trying to grow something and you're not quite sure what it is, it's really fun to go out and think about all the what ifs. But Mm -hmm. then it's the bringing it back, like you said, into the present moment of, okay, but what are we going to focus on for right now? Because you, you can't really get there unless you make the steps, the baby steps now. It, it's a really different way of looking at process, which I think is something we also bring to the table because we've been, both of us, you as an admin role and me as a project manager role, so steeped in really hardcore, kind of not flexible process. This is how we do it. These are the steps. I think there's something interesting there because it's really easy to feel like there's this process and we stick to it. And I feel like you and I also hold a vision of something that's well-planned, but loosely held, if that's a thing. Yes. We're just here to kind of see what's next. Of course, we hold the similar vision and we hold it with you know respect and all of the great energy that we want to put into it. But we're not so tied to this one vision of how it has to be. I think that's unique because I think a lot of people hustle and strive. That's so much of the messaging that we hear around entrepreneurship. And there's some sort of badge of honor in in the busy and the hustle and the working till two and all that. Yes. But I feel like this is the other end of that spectrum. Yeah. Just let it be easy is one of the questions that I've been asking myself for months is how can I make this easy? Or just please let this be easy. And not easy in that I'm not doing any work. Mm -mm. You know, not easy in that I just want to sit around and eat bonbons and have money flowing into my bank account. But let it be easy as in let us just be so clear on what the next step is and then the next step. And let us be so clear on our desires and what we want and how we want to feel. That's what makes it feel easy. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking right now about Danielle Laporte and how you define your core desired feelings I feel like Mm -hmm. there's a nugget of that in here for us because you and I both are holding this vision of a space that feel for you easy and for both of us light-filled and joyful. But also there's something serious. Like we know that some of the stuff that we're doing, the message here, while it's joyful, it's also like, this is important. Maybe that's it. It's like, it's weighty. It's important. Yeah. Balance is the biggest thing. So you're talking about how we kind of balance each other out. We have enough in common to connect and enough, not quite opposing strengths, but enough differences to kind of drive us forward. And this is the same thing. It's that balance of knowing that like, yeah, this might be uncomfortable. I might have to do things that I've never, you know, I might have to go on a podcast and talk to someone, but yet it's fun and there's light and there's joy and it can be both. It can. And I think that maybe that's also one of the really big differentiators for me more recently is, um, and really folks, if you want to hear more about this, how to be taken seriously, even if you're kind of a funny person, Andrea Owen, I'll link up to that episode because that's also a really funny conversation. But 
I think that's <laughs> one of the <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, God, stay flabia. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like there's some of that and it's been like me stepping into this space where I can be a serious, experienced, well-versed and smart person, but I can also be somebody that really holds space for joy and that wants to have a giggle fest and that can riff with someone about Firefly. But there's space for both. And thank you for also holding that space because I feel like sometimes business gets too serious. I'm I'm reading right now, which I highly recommend. And I think Francesca Hoagie also said, Jenkins, you got to read this book, but it's the big leap. I'm holding it up right now like you guys are looking at me, but by Gay Hendricks. <laughs> I feel like you and I are both in the zone of genius. We've hit it. Yes. And then the doors blow open. Yeah. And that, I think, again, goes back to our experiences in our nine to five and that conditioning of kind of, you know, you have to wear a mask. You can't be your your whole mm. integrated self that loves nerding out on stuff and also is really good at her job as a project manager. Those two things in the corporate environment just don't go to. And, then, and not every corporate environment, I should say. I'm That's sure there's right. plenty yeah. of places where that's okay. But from my experience and from what I know of your experience, it was very much like you have to be professional and you have to show up in a certain way and people expect you to present yourself in a certain way. Yeah. Um, And even just going back to that process too, of like, it took me almost a year to break the habit of going and sitting at my desk for eight hours a day (laughs) when I knew I didn't need to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. But it's that same, like, well, I'm not professional if I'm not sitting at a desk because that's what I had been told. And yeah, that's super interesting to me. And I, I feel like I have to say my most recent, my most recent nine to five experience was so brilliantly mirroring exactly what you just said. But my boss, Jen, hello, I love you. She held space for that very interesting mix of me being me. There are the rare bird that shows up in corporate America that can kind of embrace all of that. But I also, in that same space, saw that other people were completely confused. Not all of you, but like a lot of people completely confused about how do I take this person? How do I make sense of this person that's supposed to be a leader and managing stuff? And like, this is serious, but she's a goofball. Like, I don't. Is she, does she know what she's doing? Like, <laughs> I felt it. I know. Why do you, why do you lose credibility for being joyful and <laughs> wanting to have a good time? I don't Amen. think you lose credibility for that. <laughs> no, that's a really great question. People around the planet, why can't they yeah. have more credibility <laughs> in being joyful? <sighs> Ooh, that just landed like really deep. That's a really deep question. Mm-hmm. Why do we look to people to be so serious and close down as to the ones that have all the answers and have it all figured out. I've got a hunch, got a hunch that it, I bet it's, I think there's something at play that's closely related to the Brene Brown stuff. The joy is so vulnerable because it's an extreme. And so when you show up as that joyful version of yourself, some people have a very hard time um, because it seems like an extreme we don't know what to do with people that are showing extreme versions of themselves. 
And so the middle is safe. But I think it's still a really great question of like, why is joy not safe? (laughs) Like that seems ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's true though. It is a vulnerable emotion and yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, deep question. It's a really good one. We're going to segue out of the serious zone. Not too much, though. I feel like one of the other things that we do is we're kind of creating this environment. And, and that's the best word I can think of to call it, because I feel like environments have more than one attribute to them. Environment could be the physical things in your space, or the environment could be the corporate word would be culture. How do we present ourselves as business people to each other? And what do we expect from that relationship? I think one of the interesting things that we are doing is that we're leaving room for each other and asking each other in many occasions, like, how do we want this business to look, feel, behave with other people? And I think it's a really interesting and unusual question for someone who's an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. I mean, like, how do you want this thing to behave and how do you want to feel in it? And how can you then construct that? Because I know way back when I started coaching with my uh, now friend, Michelle Ward, you know, one of her early practices for me was write up this handbook for the business that you want to create. And probably through resistance, I didn't do it ever, but (laughs) I feel like we are finally doing it. So yeah, I mean, I'm raising my hand over here. Totally. Uh, There's so many things where it's like, that's a great idea. And I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think the, the question is interesting. And maybe like, what do you feel like you've stepped into or owned? Like, what is the environment that you're hoping to create for yourself and for your well, business? Yeah, I mean, well, thanks to you, I'm asking myself a lot of questions I never even thought to ask. So thank you for being mindful enough to ask questions like, when do we want to work? When do I want to work? I've never even asked myself that question because, again, mm-hmm. from my corporate world, you work from nine to five. That's when you work. Every day, Monday through Friday. And so you've asked me, you know, when do you even want to be working? And I'm going, wait, is that allowed? I can just say, I don't want to work on this day. And so I I have to say that comes up for me a lot is like, is this even allowed? And that feels kind of fun too. Um, But yeah, so I'm asking myself these questions. When do I want to work? Where do I want to work? You know, do I want to travel? Do I want to go work in the coffee shop? Um, Right now, it's all open and I'm yeah. just trying things and I'm going to try just blocking weekends and I'm not even going to check my email on weekends. And if that works, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, which for now with you, of course it works because we have the same values. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's also about like my, my curiosity, I think for right now, because again, I don't even know what's possible. I think you said that in your notes that like you, you didn't know what was possible. <laughs> And that's what I, yeah. I'm like, we're, we're finding out together what is possible, like mm-hmm. anything. I love that, that you asked the question of, is that even a thing? Like, wait, I get to choose when I work because I run into the same thing yeah. as well is, you know, I mostly for the audience, but like having an eight-year-old who is um, in second grade, 
I think there was some resistance even coming up around, you know what? I actually like going in on Thursday morning and doing copies for his teacher. I don't know why I like Mm. making copies, but it's kind of fun. And it's kind of like, oh, I just helped out. But so that's not working time. And that wasn't something that I could really carve out in a nine to five. I think there's something interesting at play because the question of when do you want to work also brings up a lot of questions around permission. And that you can give yourself permission to want things that you want and carve out time that works for you. And I think a lot of society doesn't really want to give us that luxury. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of the whatever conditioning we've had doesn't really make that a thing. It makes it feel really uncomfortable, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know some of the ridiculous things that I've said. I do a soap of the month club. <laughs> Because I'm like, I want nice smelling soaps in my bathroom. I'm counting that as a business expense. And I also like to have a candle. So, yeah. Yeah. I have started, this seems so superfluous and ridiculous, but I've started getting Daily Harvest, the smoothie company. Oh, yeah. And they they send me a package of pre-frozen, pre-packaged smoothies. And that seems like such a luxury. And yet... I want to take care of myself. I hate going to the grocery store. I hate wasting food and I love mm-hmm. smoothies. So this is worth it to me. I, when I went to sign up for it, I was like, is this allowed? Like I'm an entrepreneur. Am I allowed to spend money on smoothies? I think you are. Yeah. I think there's something interesting there at looking at how even startups or you know, I've worked in a couple of back in the old dot-com days. <laughs> sound ancient. That no. was a thing, you know, like beer would yeah. come in or you know, bagel Fridays or there'd be fresh flowers. Like those are things that are corporate expenses. How do you want to surround yourself in the physical environment? Because I really think, I mean, there's probably something to it with those companies making the decision to spend the money. I mean, HR people are smart. There must be something about it that this makes people feel better about the work that they're doing. So why not do that for ourselves? Yes. So then why shouldn't I have good things for myself? And it connects to what you're saying about the physical environment and the non-physical environment, because your soap makes you happy. So you have the physical thing that brings you joy and the joy is a non-physical. It can also be physical. It changes the way you feel in your space. It does. Yeah. And if it helps focus or if it helps, if it helps shift mindset, I mean, because I think there's another piece to this that. I mean, you and I have a lot of a lot of fun together and, and we are excellently matched. And I think there's probably also still parts of our job unrelated to, to what we do together that is hard. Anybody that is an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, you know, there's stuff, there's shit that comes up and you're like, I do not want to have to deal with that. Like, it, I mean, I think we'd be remiss to to pretend that like, <laughs> just because we really have this joyful time together, <laughs> like it's all ponies and rainbows. It's not. Yeah. There's a lot of magic. And I think it's really important if you're going after joy or if you're trying to create a new normal for yourself to make space for those things that are easy because there's going to be the crap and there's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, identity theft in my case, or there's going to be the car that doesn't pass its smog or there's going to be all that stuff that keeps at you. And there's got to be a place where you can rebalance and find, you know, tap back into the joy. And I think that's maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's the magic. Yes. And I think the reason it's working for us is because we had already started tapping into that when we were still in nine to five, because I'm sure for you, the same it was for me going through that coaching program, 
of course, I wanted to get certified to be a life coach, but it changed my life. My first client was myself, as cliche as that is. Mm, I worked on myself and I learned how to bring joy to my environment. So towards the the end of my time (laughs) at my corporate job, I would go into someone's office to meditate. If I could feel my emotions bubbling up and someone had gotten to me and I just can't be here right now, I would just go and meditate. And I started telling people about what I was doing. And I started to kind of just show up as that person in that environment. And that was kind of how I took my power back. And so now that we are out here together and we've had this experience, it feels a lot easier to be able to talk to you about my crystals (laughs) and my tarot cards and stuff like that. Because even if it's not for you, you get it and you understand because you have your own things that give you yeah. that same feeling. Yeah. I th- and I think that is super powerful. And I'm glad you brought up the part about we've, it, not a humble brag, we've done the work. And then there's always <laughs> more work to do, but like, always, we get it. Always. <laughs> and yeah. I think it is, yeah, I cannot for myself imagine trying to walk the entrepreneur path without having done a great deal of that personal um, work. I don't even want to say it's growth. I feel like it's more the internal environment that we worked on, especially mm-hmm. through that certification program. And I, I mean, I, it, it was life-changing for me. And I think you're really right to say that uh, there was something really special about getting to know each of our own processes, meaning the internal processes that we go through. So you can kind of tap into the moment and catch yourself of like, oh, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) I need to go on a walk, right? Because I don't think we, the normal Mm. situation in a nine to five doesn't give you that permission either. Like you're supposed to just stay there or something. And yeah, that's not really helpful or healthy. I don't know if somebody's like, yeah, but how do I even start the work? I'm not in that program. What's one of your favorite books for that, Mal? Oh man, I really have to say Big Magic. By Liz Gilbert for the just drawing awareness to what fear does. My big learning. Yeah. I love that one. And I love that you picked something kind of light. I mean, there's a lot of wisdom in it that's light oh, and approachable. Because oh, yeah. yeah. I was oh, going to go, go Pima Children. I was going to go <laughs> with Pima Children, which is when things fall apart, which is, gosh, when we got that book title, I was like, oh, Lord, what are we doing? But wow, like what a yeah. place to go. And really start to learn to have faith that even if something gets really hard, it's things fall apart and they fall back together. We'll we'll drop the both those links in the show notes. Yeah, I think it's yeah. That's so funny because that was my first instinct. This is this is my intuition again. My first instinct was to say that because that book really did. I read it before we started the certification. It just totally shifted my mindset. And, but for some reason, I felt like I wanted to say big magic. So I did. So there, both of those books, highly recommend. Read them both. <laughs> know that one is a maybe, little bit more spiritual than the yeah, other. Maybe, or maybe read not. Together. Read, yeah. yeah, read, you know, a section of one. It's yeah. kind of like they're both part of the same delicious meal, just different parts of the plate or something. What I have been seeing is that we're getting sent the same message over and over again from different mm. people. And one yeah. one day it's going to hit you and you're going to get it. And you're mm-hmm. just going to have this zap of like, oh, that's what happened to me when I realized I could start a virtual assistant business. I'd never even thought of it. And it just came to me. Both of those books will help you with kind of reimagining the way things seem like they have to be. I think that's a really excellent point because I think we often fight the thing, right? That we're supposed to be, or that is again, the zone of genius, which 
in case someone hasn't read The Big Leap, I'm not trying to call myself a genius. It's just a level of being that feels really natural to you and where you're going to be at your highest vibe, but also your greatest giving back to society. Like you're in the zone, basically, of service. Yeah. So that's what Zone of Genius is. But I feel like it does take a while to get into the space because what I feel like I often fought it because I, I love project management, which is the biggest nerd thing ever to say, but I've always wanted there to be a more creative thing. And I love being in that coaching zone. And so that's why working with people who are starting their podcast or who are running a long running podcast, there's elements of each of those core pieces that are in the everyday work of it. And I really, I had the honor yesterday of talking to somebody who wanted to work with me and uh, it was a great conversation, (laughs) but she's like, it's so clear. You love what you do so much. And I'm like, yes, I do. She's like, how did you even get it? You know, it was like compliment, right? I love it. (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's really interesting because I think one, we fight that thing forever because it seems like it's too easy, or it's how could it even be that we make money from that, or do people really even need it? And and I think once you hit it, it's unbelievable once you get the clarity around it. Yeah, that is. I mean, I have to say thank you to you because I always hated telling people that I was an assistant because it felt we were ostracized. We were kept separate. We were lower, less than, you know, it was just, we were there to serve a purpose and that was it. And with you, I feel how much you value me and appreciate me. And that has helped me um, accept that this is my zone of genius, being an assistant and being um, able to be of service in that way is my zone of genius when I'm connected with the person who needs it and appreciates it mm-hmm. and doesn't just take it for granted and expect it. Oh, you're so welcome. I mean, and I feel like it's it's a blessing to work with someone who wants want for other people what it is that they want for themselves. And like, and you're in yeah. service of that constantly. And I think it's a really unusual skill set then to also have the match in the administrative skills and the, and the project management and process skills. So I think that's, it's a real gift to find the right person that is also then a match personality wise. It feels like it's a one in a million thing, you know? So um, I think the interesting thing too, though, that you just brought up is around finding the people that you want to work with, because there's something about the personality and all of that that I think people discount way too often because, I mean, the magic's out there. You just <laughs> you just have to find the right people. You have to trust too. Trust, again, the crazy face, all of that. Trust is a huge, huge piece of this puzzle because yeah. there is a lot of just unknown. I did not know when I posted on that Facebook group that you were going to come out and say, ooh, we should talk. Um <laughs> And full disclosure, if we're going all the way there with the magic, I had, I think I told you this, I had written on a sticky note podcast um, Mm. toward the beginning of my coaching certification training, because I just, I knew that I wanted a podcast. I knew that I wanted a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And I kept trying and failing and just not loving it. And basically what I've come to understand over the past two years is that it's not my podcast. It's your podcast and it's also this greater project that you and I are starting to to go after and open ourselves up to. And it's like the word podcast did not look the way I thought Mm -hmm. it was going to when I got the message, but it's still 
there and it's actually even better than I could have imagined. Yeah, yeah that's all such mm-hmm. good stuff because, yeah, I mean, I think we often get a word. I've had a few and joy is actually one of those kinds of words that hit me um, mm. along with the list stuff. So this gets super interesting. Um, I had a list for a really long time of 20, 30 people. <laughs> I just started writing it and I don't know why exactly, but I thought it was that I was going to lead a retreat with all these people mm. as speakers. Mm. And then, but that didn't ever gel out because it was like, how would I get 30? Like, the size of a retreat, like just logistically not, I mean, maybe someday, but that wasn't the thing. And then joy started coming in as a word. And then it's almost like your word matches all that podcast was the way. And so if you look at even the first season for anyone that's listening, many of those 20 are the first guests of the show, which is like, you may be getting these messages and you don't know why. And when you write them down, it's still that like well-planned, but loosely held. It's you're getting the messages, magical messages. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you don't know exactly what they're for yet, but you're getting them for a reason is I think the message there is it will be revealed. It's a little, a little crazy faithish, but it will be revealed. 100%. And that, again, I mean, obviously we could talk all day, but that makes me think of Brene Brown again. And like, the foreboding joy so like I got the message podcast and I thought it needed to look a certain way and it didn't look that way and I could have kept myself in that place and instead I just kept saying yes to the little nudges and they've led me here so yeah yeah I think that's it too it's just say yes to all offers which I learned in improv but Uh, uh, well why don't we if somebody um wants to find out more about the amazing mallory where can they find you and are you taking new clients and um you know Um, where do they find my website yeah my website is malloryweissong.com and it probably needs to be updated but that's okay um, you can find me there. Um, I'm on Instagram sometimes, uh, just Mallory Wysong, all one word. And I am open to new clients, um, whatever that might look like, but I'm not currently um, pitching or searching for anyone. Awesome. <laughs> and I can vouch for your <laughs> utter awesomeness if needed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. What have the crossroads of joy and process look like for you? I think process is a good word because it's been all about me realizing my process is my own. Mm. And so that's the crossroads of joy and process is that it's my path to walk and I'm not going to get there by following in someone else's footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? So the first one, um, my friend Sarah just recommended Oprah's Super Soul Sunday or Super Soul Conversation with Liz Gilbert. She did a new one recently. Mm. And so to quote Liz Gilbert, follow your curiosity. She's no longer telling people to follow their passions, but follow your curiosity. And that, again, for me, has been the biggest source of joy is just letting myself be curious about things and see where they go. 
Um, take time to connect with your inner self every single day. Um, for me, it's going for a walk or um, doing a meditation or pulling some tarot cards, uh, whatever it is. But I feel like just having a few moments of silence to just let that inner voice come through is super, super important, important to finding your joy. Um, and then be kind, which I know you talk about and lots of people talk about, but be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's it. Yay. That. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Mal. I'm so glad. Well, thank I'm you, so glad Paula. you're my BA. <laughs> Me too. We make such a great team. I'm so, so grateful for you. Me too. Hey, Mal. Thanks so much for being on and for being an amazing virtual assistant and being such a fun friend just to get to hang out with as well. If you guys want to find out more or get some of the links that we talked about in this episode, you can find them at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Mallory, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Or if you're listening in on one of the many apps, those links will also be in your mobile device. So you can find them there as well. And of course, if you are curious about starting a podcast of your very own, there's the webinar this week on May 16th, 2019 at noon Pacific Standard Time. And that will be how do you start a podcast webinar you can join go to facebook at look for jumpstart your joy and the event will be there and if you are curious about the plan your podcast challenge which will run in the first week of june go to jumpstartyourjoy.com and look on the home page right in the very middle there's a start a podcast button click on that get on that list and you also get a free cheat sheet i'll let y- y'all know more about how that one will run it's a five-day challenge it's a lot of fun on next week so i'm really thrilled to be having zoha abbas return she was on in 2017 in episode 92 she is on to talk about process and getting into a workflow as a multi-passionate individual and we really hit it off the first time she was on and it is more of the same kind of fun and lightheartedness and multi-passionate meets project management mindset that I know you guys love so much so she'll be on next week in a brand new episode and so I hope you'll come back for that conversation and until then I hope that your days are filled with so much joy 